Welcome to Clean and Conscious. We're Emily, Emma and Dom from the Clean and Conscious Awards. Together, we blend our expertise in science, mental health and parenting to explore conscious and low-tox living, sustainability and well-being. Join us as we dive deep into the true power of conscious choices. Who doesn't get swept up in the glow of twinkling lights, the warmth, the family huddled together and the sheer joy that Christmas air brings? It's magical. Yet we know it's also the season of just a little bit more. More gifts, more decorations, more food, more, well, everything. Today we, as the Clean and Conscious team, are on a mission to find balance. Yes, we all love a little bit of sparkle and merriment, but we're also yearning to infuse our festivities with mindful choices and sustainable practices. Imagine a holiday where less waste and just as much joy coexist, where eco-friendly gift wraps steal the show, and where decorations bring light to your home without burdening the planet. So join us as we journey through creating a conscious Christmas that's as magical as it is mindful. I'm Emily, and I'm here today with Dom and Emma. Emma, is there a particular challenge you find difficult to navigate in the lead up to Christmas? For me personally, Christmas is deeply sentimental, so I always strive to recreate the magic of my own childhood um, through Christmas with my kids. Um, the countdown to Christmas always was a big, played a big role in my childhood. I remember counting how many days there were to Christmas from like June, so <laughs> I'd have like crossing off the days over six months. Um, so my mother bought used to buy these advent calendars with Christmas scenery. So these advent calendars, you know, we'd open up the doors and there'd be a beautiful illustration such as a robin in the snow or a Christmas pudding or a bobsled. Um, advent calendars have evolved considerably since then. Mm. Um, over the years they've been hijacked by the big chocolate brands. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've often found myself buying many of them over the years. It's hard and they're as cheap as like $4 at the supermarket. They're just mm. there next to the aisle and you're like, the kids are like, please, can I have like a Paw Patrol one? And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a no-brainer, right? So the issue is instead of bringing that magic into my home, I've got this piece of plastic covered in paper um, filled with chocolate and instead of, you know, my children magically counting down the days to Christmas with it, they're actually waking up looking for their next sugar hit because they want to open it up and eat that chocolate. Mm. Um, there's still magic involved. I mean, you're still counting down the days and I'm not discounting that that's not there. But I think my biggest concern really lies with where this chocolate is coming from. Yeah. Um, over 60% of the world's cocoa comes from Ghana and the Ivory Coast in West Africa. Um, children make up almost half of the workers in, in these cocoa farms, some working in slave-like conditions away from their families and some performing dangerous labour on their own parents' farms. Child labour is also a big problem on Brazilian cocoa farms. Um, the world's largest chocolate companies, such as Cad Cadbury, have continued to postpone commitments to end child labour despite people pushing for it. Um over the past 20 years. Um, so it's still a huge problem. And mm. this is because they still cannot properly identify the farms where all their cocoa is coming from. Um, they also pay cocoa farmers so dismally that the cocoa farmers themselves are earning less than $1 a day. 
Um, it leaves them no choice but to search out the cheapest forms of labour, i.e. children. Um, so the biggest, even now, the biggest chocolate companies can only trace about 50% of their global cocoa supply, supply to certified sources and then are unsure whether the certification supplied truly represents an ethical source. Um, so with chocolate advent calendars now a staple Aussie Christmas tradition, what mm. can we do about this? What's the alternative? For the past few years, um, we've been sourcing sugar-free ethical chocolate advent, advent calendars online, which do exist, and they are becoming more readily available, but yes. they do come with a price tag, and I often find myself forgetting to order them in time and then having to pay for express shipping. And, <laughs> you know, it, what would have been $8 for two advent calendars is now $50. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're not in the supermarkets. They're not everywhere. Um, Anyway, to find out more about Ethical Chocolate, we do actually have a blog post, which is currently listed on our homepage. Um, if you're interested in trying to find out how to source Ethical Chocolate, um, we've got lots of great tips in there. Um, we also have an Ethical Chocolate category, um, which is in our directory at the moment um, with all the winners of the Clean and Conscious Awards in the Chocolate Factory. Um, how about Advent calendars for you guys? How do you go about navigating the whole advent calendar tricky <laughs> trick at the aisle especially when you're at the supermarket aisle with well this with is true kids. and they everything's <laughs> positioned so well in those supermarket aisles um i with us we've we've always had to be very careful how we source our advent calendars um for other reasons as well because we've got so many allergies in our household uh there's very few advent calendars we could have there's no dairy there's no gluten there's no animal products so it, it makes it very challenging but for the kids I think it was just never a thing that I really introduced to them from when they were little um and and for many reasons I think the count, a whole month is a very long time to be counting down isn't it um <laughs> but but as they get older, they get more savvy. Um, they know what everyone else is doing. They know what they want to do. And um, they become firmer in their opinions. So I think now I am so relieved that this shift has come at a time where my children are the age that they are. And the shift being that now mm. there are these eco-conscious, uh, allergy-friendly um, advent calendar alternatives, which, as you say, I they're not always as easy to source or not always as affordable, but they're there. And I feel like that is the hope. That is the hope. They're there. Mm, yeah. And I think they can only become more popular and more easily sourced. And then they'll be become more affordable, which is, I think what we, that's what we need to be aiming for. Yeah. Yes. And what about taking chocolate out of the mix altogether? Well, that's what we do. Um, being married to a dentist, the <laughs> idea of having um, what he'd call a sugar attack every day with the advent calendar um just didn't get uh the vote um i it would have been too much of an argument even with the ethical chocolate although i'm a huge chocolate lover myself um the awards chocolate on purpose dark chocolate with rosella and mountain pepperberry is an absolute favorite of mine um <laughs> But with what we do actually for advent calendars, uh, we use these wonderful Acts of Kidness cards by Camp Quality, which is a charity supporting kids impacted by cancer. And uh -huh. there's a card 
each day in the lead up to Christmas with a kind act or activity to make someone smile, for example, writing a gratitude note to someone or creating an artwork with nature or having a family water fight. The water fight mm-hmm. date, I don't know what it is. It's always on like the coldest day of December. And so sometimes I have to like sneakily just kind of swap the cards around. But um, it always just, it's just fun and kind of creates the Christmas spirit without actually having any chocolate or plastic or anything else, but the children look forward to something new on the day. Um, But I've got a friend who wrote her own. So you don't need to buy anything. You can just collect a whole bunch of really fun, nice little activities to do and pop them in an envelope. It doesn't have to be tricky either. Yeah, I love that idea. We actually, I've actually been doing a bit of research lately and because I really wanted to remove chocolate from the equation so that my children weren't just waking up you know, looking for that hit. Mm. And so I found some advent calendars um, and there's actually a Scandinavian one, which I'm really excited about. And it's, it's, it's that old, older style that my mother brought, brought into our household. And there's actually also, I think each one comes with like reusable stickers as well that you can then put on like a scene sticks. So I feel like that's bringing back in that original sentiment that I felt I've been searching for through these yeah. advent calendars that's been lost Absolutely. Um, so that we and can books. bring in that. The, the um, similar concept, the ones with the books, they have, I've seen oh, them. Yeah. Yes. That's great. I, I don't know about the books. What, what are the books? Yeah, some of them you can get like a, a big pack of 24 little books. I know Disney does them. Um, oh, okay, yeah, cute. A, a story each night. Oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. we actually have those too. I forgot. Yeah. Thanks, Dom. I'll get them out of the attic. <laughs> that's it. They're reusable. You don't even have to refill them each yeah. year. They're, they're classic stories. Mm. When I think of Christmas, I think of Christmas trees, but obviously there are lots of different types of trees to choose from, um, fresh cut trees, artificial trees. I've even seen tree shapes made from like stacked books or decorated ladders and even once a pineapple. Um, oh. They all have subsequently different impacts on the planet. Um, in our house, uh, we use a, like a wooden Christmas tree that I picked up from Facebook Marketplace about eight years ago. And I love it. It's it's flat and then I like unspiral it and every December it's it's just ready to go um Emma and Dom what do you do for your Christmas trees uh well since we moved up to the northern rivers um the gardener at my son's school he actually he has a farm on the pocket and he has a lot of weeds on that farm which just happen to be Norfolk pines Mm. And they need to be weeded every Christmas. <laughs> so <laughs> we go and uh, we travel up to his farm, which is about 10 minutes away, and we um, hop on his tractor with his dog chasing behind. His name's Ziggy, not the dog, the, the farmer, who's also the gardener <laughs> at most school. And, um, and he takes us up the hill and we there's a whole selection of all these weeds growing everywhere, which are basically Christmas trees. And we choose one, or the kids choose one, get to choose which one they like best, and he chops it down for us with his chainsaw. We pop it back on the back of the tractor on the back of the tractor and then we head back to his farmhouse and put it on the top of our car and go home. Put it up. <laughs> the first one we got was really tall. It was like about three meters tall. So yeah, it's 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 a really nice way. And it, I feel like it's teaching the kids that 
you know, this is actually good. We're actually taking a weed off a farm that is actually, you know, detriment to the ecosystem on that farm and putting mm. it in our house for Christmas and then we, we'll put it back out and there's no there's no harm done in that. It's actually yeah. helping the environment. Absolutely. So and I, I really anything that involves the children being involved and sourcing something I think is really important. Yeah. 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 You know, knowing where things come from and how how they get to where they end up, I think it's essential mm. for kids to yeah. know. I think so. And there's just so much joy, you know, again, this is the sentimental Christmas person in me, but you watch all those Christmas movies where the American Christmas movies where they all get in the car and they go and choose their Christmas tree from the Christmas tree farm. And we, we don't really have that in Australia. You buy it from the server, right? Mm. So I, I feel like there's that joy in doing that as well in having absolutely moment mm. of choosing your own Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that. Uh, we we sort of um, our story is not so glamorous. I, fi- I I feel like yours is a beautifully glamorous story. <laughs> Ours is uh, pre kids. My husband and I were living in a very small apartment, and um, let's put it this way: we had to search for coins to to pay for dinner at certain weeks. You know. Um, because we were just not, we were not <laughs> doing very well at that point. He was doing an apprenticeship. I was studying, um, so you can imagine. But we ended up by chance finding a Christmas tree um, haphazardly on the side of the road one day. <laughs> and, um, and we, we did do a look around to make sure that it wasn't someone just dusting their Christmas tree out, but it was particularly um damaged and small and so I don't think anyone was putting it out there to sort of clean and reuse later so we took it home and um, we used that for many years and then as our children as we had children uh, and they sort of got to about I think senior my eldest was about two or three we were living in um, a house and our neighbors again same story they threw out this incredibly large tree So we have made it in the world of trees. This tree is beautiful (laughs) and it looks real. But again, it was just something that someone was going to, someone was no longer going to use. It was thrown out and probably would have ended up in Mm. landfill. So I'm I'm glad that we have that. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, reusing, yeah. 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 There are a lot of Christmas trees out there that could have gone to a different home, you know, rather than. Yeah, absolutely reusable mm. ones yeah absolutely you see people change trees once a year yeah yeah and with the artificial trees the part of the sustainability is only if we keep them for a long enough time a group called ellipsis actually crunched the numbers taking into consideration production transport and disposal and they found that an artificial christmas tree needs to be used for at least 20 years to be more sustainable than a fresh cut christmas tree and then okay. obviously it won't decompose in landfill for hundreds more years. So yeah. being able to reuse something like that, Dom, is, is hugely important to its overall sustainability as something that has been made and is existing in the world to, to then be able to yeah. use it is is really, really yeah. valuable. And it doesn't seem un- unachievable. 20 years mm. using a Christmas tree, it, again, it could be something sentimental that you pass yeah. down. Mm. There's no reason why you can't. They, they, they're not disintegrating on us. No, well, that's true. It's just that people get into that idea of newness and swapping and moving yeah. on. But I, I love that about Christmas of reusing and taking a, 
something where you've got all those memories attached to it and, and finding it again. Um, with Christmas uh, fresh trees, um, some people think, oh, well, we're cutting it down so it can't be that sustainable. But apparently it takes seven years to grow a two-metre tall tree. And throughout that time, it's absorbing carbon dioxide. So it's it's actually if you're on a um, purchasing from a sustainable Christmas tree farm that will then plant again the next year once it's cut down, it isn't too poor in its sustainability as long as you choose a local option so that you're reducing the impact of the transportation as well. Yeah. Um, I've always loved the idea of, which I think is probably like the – the most sustainable is is buying a living tree in a pot and being able to use that and then plant it in the garden. But I haven't quite got to that. Um, Who has that actually been able to do that? I wonder. <laughs> I would like to meet that person. If anybody is listening to this podcast and has managed to have a Christmas tree in a pot and use it year on year without killing it, I want. I want to know. I also you wonder. I want to congratulate how, you because I haven't how met heavy that person it yet as well. <laughs> But can we have um, footage, evidence, something? And Emma, with um, your Christmas tree, though, the live one, uh, how do you dispose of it at the end? Because that also is something that that comes up in the sustainability process. We don't have a Christmas tree collection here Mm -hmm. where we are because we're living rurally or regionally. So we actually chop it up and put it in our green bin. Well, that's that's great because I think they all that that gets used as as commercial. Yeah, mulch we have and commercial. Compost. Yeah, mm. we have commercial composting here, so I'm not sure if you have that in Sydney or in the um, Margaret River, but we are very lucky to have it here, and mm. um, it's it's great because yeah, we just you, we just pack it all up and put it in there. Yeah. And- yeah. Our council locally does a Christmas tree collection because apparently, otherwise, if it ends up in landfill. Then, because it's breaking down in the absence of air, it actually releases methane, which is a greenhouse gas. And so, it really is best if you can find a way for it to be chipped and turned into compost yeah. or mulch. Yeah, yeah, it's good to know. And do you have any particular decorations you like to use? Our tree is a mix of childhood decorations and more and more DIY decorations as well. Like we've <laughs> we've actually had a lot of success with the DIY ones. Um, although we did have like some salt dough decorations that molded, um, so that wasn't a goer. But um, but we did once uh, make a wreath by like bending a, a wire clothes hanger in a circle and then weaving in eucalyptus leaves. And the children oh. uh, collected cicada shells off the trunks of some trees and oh, painted them that. gold. Oh, I love that. We just had these gold cicadas just everywhere, which um is not for everyone, but it was it's it's pretty fun. Um any any inspiration or idea? It's so good. Although we don't get many cicada shells here. Cicadas aren't big we don't I miss the cicadas actually of Mm. Sydney. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think there are some seasons where, like, some Christmases there's just it's dominant and it's just deafening and, and others I don't know. It just the the environment's not right, and we don't get as many. But yeah, fingers crossed for a a loud Christmas. Then <laughs> I want one. I miss it. Yeah, it's what Christmas is—the sound of Christmas. There's that being <laughs> sentimental again. Yeah. Uh, it's true, though. It's true. We used to collect pine cones as well, which was handy. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, and you can pa- again, you can paint them and 
the kids can decorate them. Um, and, we, you know, you use them on the tables. It's lovely. Yeah, I like pine cones. We are still managing to use some of the Christmas decorations from my childhood. So we oh, wow. have quite a few still going. A lot of them were these beautiful glass ornaments. And I remember over time, oh. I'd say that they were probably Swedish, actually. And over time, mm. they'd get every time one smashed, it was like... <gasps> every year Aww. like we probably lose one and I think there's like maybe two left but I like place really high up in the hope that they're <laughs> not going to, <laughs> to smash I think they're still going and then I've got some other little ones and ones that I made at school as well that um. we still put on our tree and then all the ones that the kids make at school are all, all going up there yeah and absolutely the kids craft seems to be a common theme amongst parents yeah. um the kids craft decorations definitely something a cool thing as well Absolutely. Um, yeah, we've, we've, in terms of craft, we have the kids craft on our tree. But we also have, which I find really special, coming from Africa, when we were there one year, we ended up buying these, and we also gifted some from family and friends from Africa. They are little ornaments, African animal ornaments that are hand painted by individuals in really terrible circumstances. And you, you buy these ornaments and it funds their survival, essentially. Right. And they are so beautiful. The skill is there. They are absolutely stunning and just special, you know, because they mean something. Yeah, mm. I love that. I think that you can actually buy decorations like that from Oxfam shops. Oh, lovely. Yeah. They have them from all around the world, I think. And you can, they all kind of have cultural significance as well as obviously the connection to Christmas which is great I love that socially responsible Christmas decorations yeah that's right yeah and I just like I love how we keep coming back to the sentiment of it all uh, not just within our families but you're just thinking about everybody you know the greater good how can we Mm. give back how can we help all the time even with things like decorations you know which you might not always and then hopefully those decorations have a story which you know and sometimes I know when you buy the ones from Oxfam they do come with a story and like you find out sometimes who made it where they are what their life is like Mm -hmm. and um you know if you buy that decoration and you tell your children that story each year at Christmas time and then perhaps they'll be telling their children that story each year at Christmas time that's right kind of like level of consciousness into that sentiment as well Mm. absolutely yeah you're right a lot of these decorations came with actual images of the person who had made the decoration which I thought was spectacular because yeah. then you can put a face to the story you know because that make I feel like that really makes a difference putting a mm. face to the story it um yeah just knowing that this is an, is an actual human being and quite often you can it, this I've I mean you can see the suffering in their eyes in these images it's mm. it's really confronting um and and a nice thing is that way you can actually have them hanging on the tree too their images why not yeah. you know it's part of yeah. with the decoration yeah I love the I'm idea not- of yeah giving back at Christmas um and seeing yeah I mean it's the spirit of giving and it's the true spirit of giving it's um yeah it's powerful yeah well this is mm. I mean Christmas I think the thing is is that we we're spending so much we're doing so much purchasing at Christmas. Mm. You know, you're talking about we're buying decorations or, you know, for those of us who are buying new trees every year, mm. we're expected to then buy gifts on top of that, you know, for for 
work colleagues, for family, for friends. And then on top of that, not only do you have to have a gift for everybody you know, the gift needs to be wrapped in appropriately themed wrapping paper um, because, you know, God forbid you give someone a Christmas gift with happy birthday wrapping on it. And and then on top of that, you're expected to provide a appropriately themed Christmas card that goes with the wrapping paper. Mm. And, and I mean, not only is this stressful, but it's expensive and wasteful, you know? Yeah. I mean, Care Australia actually conducted a survey of a thousand Australians and found that Australians are estimated to use 150,000 kilometers of wrapping oh paper goodness. this Christmas. And that's the same distance as nearly four times around the world. <laughs> so, how do we. This is, and this is just Australia, right? Just Australia. Yeah. So, that's imagine that times, you know. All of the countries in the world that are using wrapping paper. It's a huge amount and God knows how much of that actually is being reused or recycled or, you know, well, it's going into it, a landfill. Exactly. And, and I mean, sadly, I think when, when things become the norm, we very rarely question them because it's just what's mm. always been done. So we just continue to do year and year year and year again we do the same thing over and over without sort of stopping and and thinking to ourselves how can we do things differently but years ago I stopped and I thought to myself I can't do this anymore I can't mm. be in this vicious cycle anymore but how do you break out of it and that's often I find the issue you know you want to change you know you want to do things differently but how you you know in what capacity can you can you do things differently when you're seemingly your only options are to keep buying that same wrapping paper, mm. keep buying those same cards. Um, and so no. I've for years found that very distressing. But again, you know, we see the shift happening. And in fact, it was perfectly highlighted in the awards this year with um, the celebrations and stationery category we had. How amazing were those products in oh, there? Oh, incredible. Gosh, I love them. I was going to judge and, on those products. I'm feeling a bit jealous now. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. It was such a good category. Oh. Honestly. Oh, Em, you are And I make sure you. that I'm on that category next year. Yeah. Uh, well, Can't judge everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although you want to be able to. I know. <laughs> you want to multiply yourself, you know, Absolutely. By, by 10 so that you can you can judge every single category, a bit like Hermione in Harry Potter. You know, it's, you know, it's a good product when you're like, I actually can't imagine living without it now. Well, um, since the, the judging of the awards, um, I've used the gift me again bags. These are mm. exquisite um, fabric bags. They've just got the most beautiful prints oh. and they come in different sizes. And I use them for a couple of family birthdays. And not only do they look spectacular but it's so easy it's so quick I've never had such quick wrapping I just like pop pop all the presents in there and and then Bella has like a little sack to open on her birthday or and it was just it worked so well and Christmas I'm really looking forward to it because it it'll be so quick the night before it won't be this crazy laborious wrapping I I can just pop them into those bags and and I'm ready it's how it's many amazing. bags did you, does it come with this um the 
I think it's five, um, but they come in all different sizes. So I could put a few presents in, in the bigger bag. Um, yeah. Yeah, you mm, could absolutely that. like a Santa sack if you're yeah. using it for yeah. Christmas. Which and is... for the birthday, I tended to open it myself and then give her presents from the bag rather than her suddenly getting a stack just to keep it all special and one by one. Yeah. But it didn't change the specialness of it because the bags just look so beautiful. They've got just a gorgeous variety of, of different patterns. And the drawstring, um, they had drawstrings mm, at the top. So you close them, um, it, they really... They were, and that so this that replaces the the need for wrapping paper. There you have it. Mm. We have, a, we have and, a couple mm. like that, but I'm not going to say where they came from because it's not a very conscious brand. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they did do provide gifts now in these, and I think that's a good step mm. in the right direction that someone like this um, retailer is sending gifts to people mm. in these reusable drawstring gift bags, which you yeah. Know, is is comforting to not yeah. you know so oh, we choose yeah. it as the option because we have to buy gifts for people in the UK and sometimes we use them and and I'm, I'm trying not to anymore but there is yeah. an option to use a reusable drawstring bag and so we bring them out every Christmas and birthday too and mm. yeah how do we go about though if we want to keep on using the reusable bags what about gifting friends yeah that's when we want to yeah. keep the bag what can be a solution around that or you know, something that I have just discovered and I actually have been wanting to use do it for years was, oh, I can't remember how to say it, but this is Japanese um, way of wrapping gifts. Um, and it's it, you basically just get a piece of fabric and you put the gift in the middle and you just bring up each side of square and just tie them all together. Mm. And it's so easy. Like it's like... Um, Oh, for a yeah. shuki, the way of wrapping. So yeah, and nice. it's so easy. I was kind of not doing it because I was like, oh, that looks really hard, and I'm not very good at origami. But like, <laughs> I hear <it's>, you. <laughs> it's actually not origami. Like it's like serious wrapping for dummies. Like it's so much easier than wrapping presents. And so I've just got all these old little bit pieces of fabrics. My mom's a sewer, so she's got loads of just bits of fabric lying around. Yeah, and I've just been. I'm going to do that this year because I only yeah. just started doing it for someone's birthday and I did use a really nice piece of fabric that I would have liked to have kept for myself. <laughs> it looked That's so good. good. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. with family as well, extended family, you could always have an understanding that these bags go round and round, you know. Um, yeah. It, when it's your birthday, then you swap when it's the other person's birthday and you, it just keeps going backwards and forwards. Yeah. yeah, my mum's decided to like DIY a whole lot of fabric bags. Um, she that's was inspired, awesome. but I oh, do that awesome. whole roll of recycled brown paper and brown paper packages tied up with strings. Anything like where it's a present for teachers or or anything like that. That's that's tends to be how our um our presents come with just some paper sticky tape so that it can all be recycled. Because that's the thing with with um, all those Christmas wrapping papers, so much of it has a little bit of plastic in it. Apparently the way to tell if it's even recyclable is you scrunch it and if it stays scrunched, it's paper and it's recyclable. But otherwise, if it's not, if it's kind of unwrapping in front of your eyes, then yeah. it's not even recyclable at the end of the day. Mm. Um, oh, that's, oh. A good, that's a really mm. good tip. Yeah. That is a good tip. I mean, that, the, talking about paper, we also we mm. we also would source uh, recyclable or um you know, post 
consumer paper that has just been, it's, it's very sort of raw in its form, but you can wrap it around a gift and then the kids draw on it. Yeah. So it's personalized. You don't need a card then. You've got, you've got your writing. Um, you could write directly on the gift or draw a picture um, if you didn't want to have to get a card. Although I must say on that note, we did have two very exciting alternatives for cards this year in the same mm. celebrations and stationery category. Uh, we had the one entry was Paper and Bloom, who do the most beautiful cards that you can write on still, but they're made from seed paper. So instead of once you've read the card, throwing it out, you just plant the card and flowers grow. It's incredible. What a wow, great beautiful. beautiful um, and then sort of on the same note, we had Be Kind Australia, who have these gorgeous, very earthy looking envelopes that come with seeds. And the envelopes have sort of different themed images printed on them. They are exceptional. I encourage you to check them out. And what's what's great about this is um, that these, these cards these, that are also a gift, a, a card and a gift in one, are saving the bees, which oh, can't go wrong awesome. there. That's awesome. And to discover all of these gifts, you can just go to www.cleanandconscious.com.au forward slash directory and um, search for our celebrations and stationery category. That's where you yes. find all of the mm. products that Dom is talking about right now. And the Christmas crackers, can we not go? <gasps> we cannot forget to mention oh, the Christmas yeah. crackers. Oh, my goodness. Because they- those were like nothing I've ever seen before. Mm. Um, Absolutely. So I don't know about these Christmas crackers. I saw them and I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, that's so cute. They have like fabric hats with Velcro and um, you can reuse again and again. I don't know how many times I've had like a paper hat and I don't know, it's got a bit wet and it's breaking oh, and it's only going to last a day. Whereas yeah. these are like beautifully sewn They'll just, yeah, it's, the crackers oh, are incredible. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. What is the mm. brand called? That's the Waste Free Celebration Christmas Re-Crackers. And so oh, they're reusable awesome. crackers. And Can you believe it? <laughs> and they even have extra snaps so you can make them crack again. And, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I'm ribbon, getting some of those for crackers, sure. Yeah, honestly, Amy, you have to. And then the yeah, ribbon, ribbon on the crackers them. were made from recycled water bottles. Oh, amazing. That's great. Last year my mother, um, she ordered this uh, game. So it was Christmas crackers um, and inside was this mystery game and you each mm-hmm. got a different piece of this mystery to solve. So, and it was all made with recycled materials. I can't remember what the brand was called. Um, but, um, yeah, it, you had to solve the mystery of this missing pirate ship by putting together all the mysteries, like to, to I can't remember, something to do with a, with a missing bottle or something, a bottle that went to the bottom wow. of the sea. And, and we had to solve the mystery. It was really fun. It was <laughs> oh, really fun. I love that. I love yeah. how it turns into like a full activity where everyone's yeah. participating oh, around there the table. There were lots of arguments and... as well. Like it wasn't all pretty. <laughs> but <laughs> um, especially after, you know, some people have had a few few drinks. Or 
<laughs> Christmas drinks. Absolutely. But, um, it was it was really fun. The kids loved it, and I still got it. So we're gonna. I you know I might even bring it out again this Christmas, and because we'll have forgotten how Absolutely. to solve this mystery by then. So yeah, yeah. it's it was really lovely. And then and then oh. of course the like all the little trinkets and stuff were just the missing pieces of this mystery so it was really fun oh wow that is so lovely yeah we um the other talking about the christmas crackers the other crackers that came um that were in the awards this year and absolutely blew me away were by um the conscious cracker company yeah there were two christmas crackers they were two two. wow that's great yeah and um and these crackers were made 100% from from 100% post consumer paper which was wonderful and they came with the most gorgeous eco-friendly gifts and it's and they would not go astray on a christmas table they were beautiful mm. they both were both companies both brands had beautiful beautiful crackers yeah really special you know so... what i'm voting for a christmas category next year Ooh. Oh, I yeah. like it. Yeah. That would be awesome. Advent calendars, Christmas crackers, reusable gift paper. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And on the like the topic of cards, though, um, I love the idea of, of planting seed cards. But in our house, I really value spending time on cards, and I have them as, like, just as special as presents for me I yeah more special than presents I, I usually we, we print out some photo and I, I write lots on my cards and we have a special box that we keep them in and um I'm a really cardy person <laughs> so um but I do think uh for all those other cards I mean teachers must get so many and there are some special ones sure but I'm sure a lot of the cards uh, some people in different jobs receive are just so so numerous that that being able to plant them in a garden is just so such a lovely way of of saying goodbye to them rather than them ending up in landfill because so many other ones are kind of they're covered in a plastic cover and they're shiny and and they're not yeah. going to be recyclable anyway yeah. so I think it's a another area of that Christmas waste that otherwise we can just end up yeah in excess Mm. yeah I agree (laughs) um what about presents for you guys the actual gifts that go inside the wrapping um I don't know about you but there's been a few Christmases for us where I've looked at the presents at the bottom of the tree and just gone Oh my god! This is like literally an ocean of presents under the tree. How are we yeah. gonna? You spend half the day unwrapping them, and we're the kind of house that we don't like just all jump in and start opening our presents. Like mm. everybody has to watch the other person open their present. Um, yeah, I love and, that. <laughs> it is. It's the best way to do it, right? And there's a Christmas mm. elf that hands the presents out, and I Aww. love all of that. Um, just wait. Who's the Christmas elf? Oh, yeah. it's often me because I've okay. always been the Christmas elf. Do you dress <laughs> up or? No. I just no. assumed you had a legitimate elf coming to work. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, that's the logical thing. How do you do that? <laughs> we don't get an elf. What's going on? I might have worn an elf hat 
on the occasion when I was but I was always like to be in the Christmas elf in our house and like my like my parents completely spoiled us as kids you know not only did we have like all of the Santa presents but we mm. would get to the Christmas tree after having Christmas morning breakfast and or probably before when we were kids and like it would go for hours, like hours and hours of owning presents. It, was, it wasn't it was as if my parents were at all wasteful. They just didn't buy us anything else for the rest of the year. That was just mm, when we yeah. receive all the – I find, you know, we can go overboard in my household, especially because I, I'm quite mindful about um, the gifts that we buy our kids because I spend all year kind of just like, – we do the same thing. We don't really buy them anything throughout the year except for their Christmas and their birthdays. And, and so I spend yeah. the year – kind of taking note when they ask for something or when I can identify there's something that they need. But, um, you know, my husband works really hard from like pretty much through from October through to Christmas time and he doesn't, he's not really involved in any of that present buying mm. and I think he suddenly always has this like moment just before Christmas where he's like, I've got to go out and buy presents and he, he just buys loads more presents for the kids mm. so that we end up with just too many and then there's like grandparents and then there's and then they're just going into that phase where they're opening up presents just like next next you know Absolutely. like and they don't even the lot the excitement over receiving a gift that's come from your heart to them sometimes just gets lost because there are just so many gifts especially as my oldest son is born on the 22nd of december so he's already had his birthday presents and I just think it just becomes too much and um according I mean according to a recent survey by a very prominent Australian bank Australians spend up to 11 billion dollars on Christmas gifts per year which is great for our economy right we can't can't say that that's not great for our economy especially at a time right now where spending is limited Mm, um so I'm not at all saying that people shouldn't be spending at Christmas time however Unfortunately, according to the ABC, 50% of Christmas waste goes straight to landfill. Mm. So that includes gifts um, and that's half of Christmas waste going to landfill. So um, now Care Australia uh, found that a quarter of people thought that Chris King King gifts um, were rubbish and there was no value. It means there's no value in giving it really if somebody's receiving something and they're just saying, well, this is going straight. In the yeah. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, McCrindle conducted a survey of over 1,000 Australians, this is back in 2019, which asked Aussies about their opinions around Christmas presents and attitudes towards donating money to charity instead of giving gifts. Um, now, this is encouraging. Mm. 48% of Australians say they would be genuinely happy to receive a card saying that a charitable donation has been made instead of receiving a Christmas present. Now, I was quite surprised yeah. by that. I didn't realise mm. that we were that generous. And I think yeah. given mm. how helpless a lot of people are feeling right now with certain things that are happening in the world that they feel they have no control over and that they can't help people that are in need right now, that's it's probably a good Christmas to be doing that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Making a donation in the name of someone else. And I certainly would be grateful very grateful for I'd be so grateful with that yeah so absolutely I'm just wondering how do we start putting these kind of intentions that we vocalize into action Mm. when it comes to Christmas how do we instead of getting you know so caught up in the frenzy of buying and giving and Mm. and consuming 
how do we make this like shift? You know, why is it that we get, I mean, Dom, you might be able to, to help answer this, but how do we not go into that kind of buying mentality around that frenzy of just going out and just spending and not really thinking about the purchases that we're making? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, in any, in any, topic it's hard to go against the norm you know if, mm. if everybody else is doing x y and z it's incredibly hard to do things differently and yeah. I think yeah. it becomes harder when you have children who who are desperate to fit in and by fi- and fitting in you know social creatures it's mm. generally doing what other people are doing you know to to be to be a, to be like everybody else um I think the one thing I would say is that if you if you strongly know your beliefs behind why you do things, they become easier to stand by. Yeah. So rather than just doing things, but not really understanding exactly why and what motivates you, it's, it's harder to stick to those decisions and it's easier to be influenced and swayed. But if you have a really solid belief behind why you're doing it and you instill that belief within your children and then they too believe it, then that's yeah. when the shift happens, I think. Mm. Mm. yeah yeah it's hard though isn't it I mean I say this every year but I do just get into this stage where I'm just like popping out to get something else that is needed for Christmas lunch and I suddenly am in the supermarket and I'm coming home with something that I didn't mean to buy but I'm just there's something in the air isn't there it's just like it's just (laughs) like goodness I'm like how did I come home with this extra gift for somebody that really isn't gonna this doesn't need it you know but I just suddenly start doing it it's yeah it's true it's subliminal messages supermarket music or something I challenge myself each year to see how many secondhand things presents that I can get my own children because that's kind of I guess um the majority of of really like the present accumulating that I do Mm. um and I see just how much I can get at car boot sales and Facebook Marketplace. And my children are very used to opening secondhand presents. Um, and they know why. They know, It's so much better to save things from landfill and mm. and it's better for the resources of the planet. And we talk about that a lot. And so, um, and I mean, Charlie, Charlie wanted like a crystal collection and Oh, I love One, it. One, it's it's so much cheaper to buy a crystal collection on Facebook Marketplace, but those crystals have been around for thousands of years. I don't need to yeah. necessarily buy them in a shop. Um, so there are there are a lot of good things that are are great to buy secondhand, and then it does mean that I can when I buy something new, I can really make sure it's something that they need, and I'm really like intentionally. Uh, doing it um, in a conscious way, so so yeah, I'll I love then choose something really conscious with that extra money, so that the the bulk of it though, and like kind of the fun like knickknacks that I actually wouldn't normally want to buy because they're not necessarily they're just then end up in landfill anyway. Um, I know that I've saved them already from landfill, and we're giving yeah. them a new life before, and so I, I don't feel as guilty about adding to it but the children are just as happy to open those um so so that's kind of one way I 
I kind of meet that balance. Yeah, I don't think when I give secondhand gifts to my kids, they usually don't even notice, to be honest. No, like, mine yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know. Especially... Or maybe it's just because we've always been doing it. <laughs> so yeah, true. It could be. But, I mean, do you know, do you ever take the kids up shopping? My All the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they love it. They absolutely so they're aware, love it. you know. Yeah. Mm. Some of those things they pick up are, they need it clean. <laughs> but they yeah. don't care. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I usually actually, because they have started wanting to give family presents as well, I take them to the op shop and they get a $5 limit for the family members yeah. and they choose their own present and they feel That's the so proud of the treasure that ask. they've found. Yeah, I don't take them into supermarkets if I can avoid it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. they don't ever have a list of consumeristic things that they actually, they don't have this list. They, it doesn't exist because they've just never really been exposed to like any of those shopping catalogs or anything, um, yeah. which makes Thank it God easier. We do live in a time where it's so much easier to get away from that. I remember those mm. catalogs coming into the post as a kid, you know, the Target ones and the Kmart ones and just they were yeah. just like what I was referring to for like months leading up to Christmas. Like, Yeah. Because we don't seem to get that in the post anymore and we don't unless they're looking for it online. Feels. I'm glad that we've kind of moved away from that that kind of catalog mm. shopping. Yeah, it's it's hard, and I think I think I try to remind myself that when children are presented with too many things, too many gifts, you alluded to this before, Em. You know, you they're overstimulated. Mm. So now it becomes a task. I'm just going to open this, and I'm going to open this, and I'm going to open the next one. And it could, be, it actually can be quite stressful for them. They yeah. just don't have the name to put to the emotion, but they get hyperactive, they get worked up, they behave badly, they seem ungrateful, but they're just mm. overstimulated. Mm. Yeah, and it's just a dopamine hit, isn't it? They get addicted to the dopamine hit of opening the present. Don't we all? Yeah, absolutely. Taking absolutely. joy in what's inside it. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. going to be in Bali, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Fun. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. I'd love. I'm yeah. looking forward to hearing how how you know Christmas is celebrated in Bali. Exactly. You know? Yeah, Being I'm I'm really excited as well. Yeah, I've got family who are meeting us there all the way from Africa as well. They've organized for us to go and visit a orphanage and an animal shelter while we're there. And I would ideally actually like to do it on Christmas Day, but we'll have to see how that works out. And I'll keep you posted. <laughs> good luck fitting everything into some suitcases because that yeah. is <laughs> tricky. Yeah, how are you going to, like, navigate Christmas gift giving? Are you going to keep it at a minimal? Minimum? I think I'm going – this is going to be the year of change for us. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm going I'm going in hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're going extremely minimal. Um, yeah. And – I feel as though it'll be a good transition for the kids being somewhere else yeah. because I don't think the stark contrast won't be as obvious to them because we're in a different place. Well, this is my plan. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> also, the other thing you have to think about is bringing think gifts back with you to Australia. Like you might yeah. need to have a little chat to your family and say, can you keep that weight down? Because Otherwise, you might end up having to pay excess on your suitcases coming well, back. Well, this right? is it. I just, I suppose, in my head, I have this, I have this vision of going over with lots of 
useful gifts for the for the children at the orphanage Mm. oh yeah oh yeah I love that yeah and whatever we can bring for the animal shelter um I'll have to chat to them and see what they need but sometimes they need towels and blankets and you know all of those things but my idea is to go over with all of this stuff and and come back with just good memories do you think that's feasible that's what I'm aiming for (laughs) It's a good yeah. challenge. It's a, good it's a very, very good challenge. But how are your? How is your family with gift giving? Are they going to overgive or? I am. Um, I receive no. So personally, I um I I ask that no one gives me gifts, and I haven't received gifts for Christmas from my family since they were born. Mm-hmm. The only thing I ask for from them is a drawing, and that's mm. all I ask. Oh, that's um, nice. And how about and giving I, gifts to your kids? Are they going to get overexcited and bring? Mm. yeah it's hard it's hard because that's the thing you know I can sit here now and say we're going to go minimalistic but as we just discussed as the time creeps closer yeah it's harder isn't it you know find yourself dashing off to the shops the day before (laughs) to get one more thing it's I don't know I I guess it's hard with grandparents Mm. grandparents especially how do you manage family giving I know that we we all go to this great extent to give mindfully and to Mm. reduce our own Christmas waste but when it comes to like family coming over on Christmas day and bringing gifts and and sometimes I know it some grandparents go so overboard my parents are pretty Mm. good but I know some of my friends really struggle with the amount of just constant presents and plastic that are being showered on them by their own families and I wonder how Em you go about that with your well I I my mum knows how I feel about like all the excess plastic and consumption and she kind of balances that because she now realizes that if she sources it secondhand or on Facebook marketplace that's like my loophole and so she can (laughs) like she can still get the colorful whatever it is and as long as as long as it was saving kind of its journey into landfill um I'll still accept it (laughs) So she um she still goes like bumper big bags full of things, but they're now like fabric bags that she's sewn herself, and they're things that she's sourced at a car boot sale or, or something conscious or clothing that she's she knows the children need or something like that. Um, oh, that's great. So so she's she's had to learn along the way. Um, but they live close well, by, so I've I've been able to probably have a little bit more input and presence yeah. in there. Um, than say grandparents who were living further away. Mm. Yeah, that's. I was just going to say, if your mum ever starts taking orders for the um, bags she's making, (laughs) absolutely. See, it's going to be. It's the first run of that. Um, but she's, yeah, she's she she got busy in the DIY. Um, she's really inspired. So yeah, yeah. I also think like, you know, with those T-shirts that are like have a hole in them or something like that, but they're still good fabric. I'm not very handy with a sewing oh, machine, but, um, <laughs> but but so many good fabrics that we do wear that when, if we can't stitch up and, and fix it up anymore, I mean, they, they can still turn into a patchwork bag or something like oh, that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Or, or just a, a rag you use to clean things. Yeah, with exactly. The right material. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's what I'll be getting for Christmas: a bag of wrap, drags wrapped in a rag. That is getting it though, and your reaction, you know. Yeah, Yeah. and I think you know, with gifts, 
we tend to, the as it gets close to Christmas, the pressure's on, we end up purchasing more than we planned. And, you know, food's no different. It's the same mm. concept. Christmas is a perfect holiday to that demonstrates the over-purchasing of food. Yeah. And the intentions behind it are good. You know, people want to entertain their family members. They want to they want to provide a wonderful dish. They want to, you know, sit around a table and and create memories. So the the idea behind it is wonderful. But if you've actually been in a supermarket and seen people gathering around the seasonal ham section, it's actually confronting to witness. People yeah. get straight. They get worked up. And and I actually, and I kid you not, this is going to sound like it's not, it's a, it's, a, it's a fake story. I experienced this firsthand. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't experienced it myself. We, if there's the only thing that's in higher demand than a seasonal ham for Christmas is a seasonal vegan ham because they only make small amounts, right? So, and you get this, they put them with the other hams. So... <laughs> this is in, in in certain supermarkets. They put them amongst the other hams. So there you are, you know, in the ham section, but you're aiming for the vegan ham, which is about one tenth of the size of a real ham, because no one wants to eat that much vegan ham. I don't know what the reason is, but I had no I, idea I, about this. <laughs> well, the, but you have to be on it because they as I said, yeah. they make one year. I saw, I casually, I thought I was being very casual about the whole thing, casually strolled past this section, saw there was a vegan ham, and I had been cruising the aisles once a week to see when the <laughs> vegan hams were coming, I won't lie. Saw there was a vegan ham. I reached out to grab the vegan ham, and this woman put her hand over my hand that was holding the vegan ham and tried to intimidate me through you know eye contact and was like Christmas holiday movies oh my goodness honestly I felt like I was in one of those bad Santa movies you know (laughs) who got the ham Dom well (laughs) I you know I was torn at that moment in time because that whole concept of this is the time to be kind and Christmas is the time to you know but But you also want that ham that you've been cruising the aisles for every day Looking for, I had no idea that there was this whole vegan ham world going on at Christmas time. This is like, oh, there is. But it's, you know, it's, it's harder when you need a vegan ham that's also gluten free. So trust me, I think. Oh I'm no, this is a whole other. At the end of the day, I got the ham, and the reason <laughs> being that I didn't. Woo! I just didn't let go. Did your hand get I, there I, first? Absolutely, she yeah, held okay. on to my hand. That was oh, on the vegan ham. Yeah. Um, at first, I thought it was a friend saying hello, but then when I looked up, I saw that there was nothing friendly about her face. Looking at me. It was just a hungry vegan. <laughs> um, anyway, I actually haven't bought a vegan ham since then. Oh, because you were so traumatized. It just wasn't worth it. I think the thing is, I walked out and whether it was instantaneously or the day after, I, I kind of realized there was something really problematic with that interaction. Mm. and. Um, and it was, it was a state of frenzy. That's, that's how it felt. Um, and then when you look into the facts about food consumption over Christmas, so they say that December and Christmas time is a peak time for food waste. 
Um, and like we said, it's mainly due to these big get-togethers we have around Christmas Day. Um, but the National Food Waste Strategy Feasibility Study reported that each year, Australians waste 7.6 million tonnes of food across the food supply chain. Um, and this equals around 312 kgs per person and can cost up to 2,500 per household per year. So 2,500 per household. Um, so and they much. also found, yeah, it is. They also found that the amount of land, so this is part of it that, that some of us, many of us don't consider, <laughs> the amount of land used to grow this wasted food in, in Australia covers more than 2.25 million hectares. So this is a land mass that's larger than the state of Victoria, for example. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And that's it's per insane. year? So per year. Okay. Oh, my goodness. And I wonder how much of that is attributed to Christmas, like, Ooh. you know, the food that we waste over the Well, we the definitely have more gatherings and and I guess all those picnics and barbecues and, and the, even Christmas Day. I mean, everyone brings mm. a plate, but once it's been left out a few hours, the less people feel like bringing it home again, don't they? I know. Wow. Yeah, in that's the heat. It. Yeah, mm. that's it. We're not eating Absolutely. as much as the Northern Hemisphere. I mean, this whole, like, feasting, yeah. you know, was birthed in the Northern Hemisphere where people are cold and yeah. they are hibernating essentially and they want to yeah. eat more, whereas we mm. are in the hottest part of our year, and which is why obviously the Christmas menu has kind of evolved into something a little bit different. But, like, you know, it's not natural for us to be eating this much yeah, at no. this time of the year, right? And people don't feel good after it. You know, from a nutrition standpoint, you have people feeling really terrible about mm. How, and I hear the words a lot, how I've let myself go in the mm. sense that they've just overconsumed. They don't feel, they feel sluggish. They don't feel, they feel foggy. They just don't feel well, healthy, fit and strong, no. you know. And then they've got all no. these boxes of chocolate sitting there, still uneaten because they were given all these boxes of chocolate for yes. Christmas at a time. Yeah. And I would prefer it if I received my ethical Christmas chocolate in the winter. That's you know, true. That's when we need it. <laughs> Christmas yeah. in July chocolate. Yeah. 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 yeah so, like... mind you, that said, I do love like a food Christmas gift. Yeah. I've got some friends and they're actually good at cooking and they like gift chutneys or pan fort or biscotti. Yep. I love mm. that whole kind of. Then at the end, the Christmas gift's gone. There's, it's, it's zero waste. It just, and it's special. Um, a friend of mine yeah. also, actually Dom, um, uh, your sister-in-law, uh, Kim, she yeah. gives me honey and from her bees and it's just yeah, so special. Oh, I, it's, it's a present I'll never tire of receiving. Um, yeah. Yeah. So th there can be like ways to do Christmas food, right? Um yeah, family. I, I don't know. I love leftovers from Christmas. Oh, we um, love leftovers too. Yeah. yeah. And my mom is really good at cooking up 
leftovers. Like she's like, and this is the Swedish in her. And this is, I think, coming from like a really, you know, the, the northern Christmas where it's dark all the time and all they do is eat. But she's really good at just getting together the Christmas ham and the Christmas turkey and all the vegetables and the potato- roast potatoes. Um, yeah, she she fries that up for days and, and she'll fry it and then refry it and then refry it. And like, I think a lot of people these days are afraid of leftovers. They think that mm. they're, they're going old and, you know, they don't taste as good and they might have some sort of bacteria in them. But if you're like heating them up in a frying pan yeah. on high heat, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. That's You're true. stopping it from going to food waste. Um, mm, yeah. yeah. Our just, turkey think, goes um, into like a big pot and becomes turkey soup. And I, I think at really? least I know that it's like boiled and boiled and boiled for hours. And I'm like, anything yeah. that could have been there is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a great one. Mm. Especially, I mean, even veg that looks like it's starting to take a turn, perfect yeah. in soup. Yeah. Mm, you know, yeah, you don't know any better. Yeah. Um, but I think um, going back to what you were saying about reusing food and people being scared to use leftovers, I feel like, again, coming back to that concept of there being too much choice in our lives at the moment, mm. um, you get this food, this food fatigue effect whereby, yeah. and it is a legitimate concept where if you keep eating the same thing over and over and over you can get this food fatigue and you'll see it in kids where they decide they're no longer going to eat something because Mm. they've had it a bit too frequently but now we're getting food fatigue from having you know you have pasta for dinner can't have it tomorrow food fatigue (laughs) we're so spoiled absolutely but I think I like to reinvent so so for example if you had rice left over because you had it with a curry and it's just plain rice why not turn it into a rice pudding the next day or you know so mm, to yeah, fried rice family, they think it's a whole new meal yeah I love that I think that there's like you know a lot of creativity that goes into repurposing food and mm. repurposing recipes but it's actually sometimes just a matter of just just like chucking stuff together without any real understanding of how it's going to taste at the end. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sorry. I reuse the vegan Christmas ham because it's only the size of your palm <laughs> to start with. So it's all gone. That's good. No waste. <laughs> oh, we have like all the pickled fish as well. And we have Gravlax because that's Swedish. Um, mm. but yeah. I love all the Christmas food and I love eating it for the week afterwards, you know. It's a good time. I also try and um, buy local and with, with our meat, I, I try and buy kind of uh, meat from a, a regenerative farm. Yeah, uh, right. it's, It always costs a lot more, but they are trying to like rebuild organic matter in the soil and restore soil bi- biodiversity. And, and I do think, I mean, it's a bit easier in our house because we actually, we've got two vegans and a vegetarian and then we've got a few meat eaters so to be honest uh our, the, t- the amount of turkey that we actually eat is quite small um so, so we can invest a little bit more in in the turkey that we are eating um and we do try and buy from our local farmers market for our um for our fruit and vegetable ingredients just in order to to reduce the the the, the carbon footprint and and, and yeah. support the local farmers as well. Do you I think that's what we're saying? Mm. 
Um, do you buy the the meat that you buy from the regenerative farm? How do you source that? Is it online or yeah, it... it's online and then delivered. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, we have yeah. like we have a. I think we're lucky because again, I live, live regionally and we have so many farms around us, so we do buy from the local butcher that sources from mm. local farms. And obviously, being here, that's uh, there's a lot of regenerative farming and organic farming going on around us. So I feel lucky. Yeah. Um, I think it is a challenge for a lot of people to find Mm. ethical meat. Like how as somebody living in a city, you know, where can they go to buy that kind of meat? Maybe it's a good idea to start going into your local butcher and your local supermarket asking for it, I guess. Do you have an organic turkey or do you have, you know, maybe if we start pushing for this then we don't have to spend extortionate amounts on shipping and sourcing things online if 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 our supermarkets and our local butchers actually start providing it and sourcing it for us mm. absolutely yeah and in our family so we i i just wanted to touch on like intentional christmas traditions and and if you had any ideas so so i i love traditions and i think that that it can just um create special sentimental moments and and times of connection and so I'm always looking looking for the next one to to add in um to our family but one intentional Christmas tradition I introduced uh in the last few years was to give focus on on reconnecting with nature and we choose a gift to give our garden so um yeah so it's really fun with the with the children um we added a little like kind of woven house for a bird it was only like 25 centimeters high with a little kind of doorway and it was so rewarding to find that um this year a bird had actually nested in it and there's like now a little nest in in the branches of the tree um so it's kind of waiting for another yeah and this christmas we've got like a little native bee hotel to install um, oh, aren't they beautiful? And, and is like, that a gift that you that you wrap up for under the tree for the kids, or is it something that you all think of together? It's more something we will do in December, in the honor of like gifting to the garden. It won't necessarily yeah, happen okay. on Christmas Day. It'll just happen whenever the, yeah. the time's yeah. right. Um, but yeah, it's something we we do do and it's just I don't know I mean one year I mean you could make seed balls for the birds or put together a nesting yeah. box but um they're all the things in the future of <laughs> I love the seed ball ideas. idea that's, yeah that's wonderful. yeah once it's I would for, as making seed balls in this family I feel like we'd make one for the garden one for us one for the garden <laughs> <laughs> what is a seed ball I don't know what a seed ball is can you oh, it's explain like, to me it's just it's just uh basically you create a mix of, of bird seeds um yeah. with a mixture that can stick it together and you dry it so that it's just like a, a solid ball that then you can um you could stick a little bit of wire in and like hang it from a tree branch or a clothesline or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, okay. Mm. Okay. But then also a yummy treat for us to have if we yeah. Yeah. make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is lovely. I love the idea yeah. of the um, native bee home. I'm looking forward because we have a native bee home at I think my son's preschool has one, and um, and yeah, the, those bees are so different 
to, mm. to the bees that we know, the European bees that we introduced. They're, they're completely different. Like I had no idea. They look different and they can, like, they take so long to make honey and, and they're so precious and so important to our ecosystem. And mm. I'm so looking forward to hearing how that one goes. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll place it in the garden and hopefully it gets populated. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it will. I've seen some little native bees around, so um, but it'll be maybe a bit like the 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 little bird house. We'll have to have to watch it throughout the year rather than a, an instant gratification. But it's but it's exciting. It's it's fun. I love Christmas. Um, I actually wrote a blog post about how to have a sustainable Christmas, which you'll be able to find everything that we discussed today and loads more, such as Christmas lights and which use up to 80% less energy and inspiring suggestions of planet-friendly zero-waste gifts. And that's all at um, cleanandconscious.com.au forward slash blog. But it's been Lovely to chat today. I'm really looking forward to Christmas even more now. Yeah, and it's been so such a my. great topic. I just wish we could all see each other on Christmas. But other than that, I know, I know. spread across Australia. Thank you for journeying with Clean and Conscious today. If our conversation resonated with you, please take a moment to review, rate, or share our podcast with a friend. We're Emily, Emma, and Dom. We appreciate you and cannot wait to share our next episode with you. Remember, every conscious step you take leaves an imprint. Stay with us, hit that subscribe or follow button, and let's co-create a better, cleaner, and more conscious world together.